This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. My heart will happen in the lives as we gather around this wonderful book in this weekend. Number one, that we will grasp the revelation of its pages. Amen? There's revelation here. I hope that by us looking into it, if you've grown tired of the Word and you're habitually re- reading the Word of God and very little's coming through, I'm going to pray that there would be an ignition of fire in your spirit over this weekend so that the Word of God would come alive to you again so that you can't put it down. Hallelujah. So you have those moments in your life when you're locked away with God and you open the book and, you know, your wife says, your tea's ready and you say, I can't come out yet. Uh, or the other way around, hopefully. Guys, let's make sure sometimes it is the other way around. Hallelujah. That the man is cooked and the woman can't come away from the word. Hallelujah. And I'm more and more inspired by the truth and the revelation of God's word that it is an anchor to your soul. It's the foundation for our lives. And we need to grasp the revelation of its pages so that we don't lose out on the riches of blessings in Christ. I hope that we will understand the importance of personally receiving the impartation of this knowledge. You know, we need impartation over this weekend. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to impart something fresh in your life over this weekend. Well, there's about two of you that are joining in. (laughs) Turn me down, bro. Amen. And then that we will understand the importance of personally receiving this knowledge, but also that we would know how to apply truth. You know, there's one thing we need to know in the church age in which we're living. We need to know how to apply the Word of God to our lives, and that we will grow in grace and the knowledge of God, and that we will be more united as the body of Jesus. Amen? Amen. If there's one thing we need in our generation and in our time, we need to see the body of Jesus united. There's far too much disunity. We need to see the body of Jesus united, flowing in one heart, one mind, and one spirit, loving Jesus and serving one another. Amen? And that's why this letter has a key verse, and the key verse is in chapter 4, verse 13. It's coming up on the screen right now. Shall we read this together? Can you see that clearly? Praise the Lord. Are we ready? It's gone. In the name of Jesus, bring back this text. Wrong one. Oh, let me read it for you. Key verse, chapter 4, verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Amen. What a target. What a goal. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. What a verse. What a verse. Has it got to your heart? Hallelujah. It has mine. Is it there now? There's something behind you. (laughs) Are we ready to read it? 
until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it going to be a great day when the Lord has moved in such a way in the church that we are just one in Him? And I want to see more of that happening. Oh, there's going to have to be pillars of, of strong opinions and preconceived ideas removed uh, that the love of God might be shed abroad in our hearts once again where there's grace and there's understanding and there's mercy with no diluting of the truth and that's where we stand and that's where we position ourselves we're going to see unity in the church of Jesus with no diluting of the truth hallelujah and no compromise we can't compromise for unity instead we allow the love of God to operate in grace hallelujah and we maintain the standing of the truth of the word of God amen Woo! glory to God I'm going to preach you Pentecostal tonight whether you like it or not <laughs> amen and then just a little bit more background information by because I'm fascinated with how God took hold of the life of a man who was persecuting the church and positioned him in his spirit and his heart and mind so that this very letter could flow from his mouth and this was penned around AD 62. It was written while Paul was in prison or under house arrest. He's defending his life. And the reason for writing this letter, which still is the same today, the purpose for this letter is as still the same as it was all those thousands of years ago. He's writing to remind the believers of their spiritual wealth. Hallelujah. They're spiritually well. Turn to your neighbor and say, Woo, you're loaded. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're very quiet tonight. <laughs> you say, You make it up for all of us. <laughs> You know, when, my tra when I travel, my wife says, the house is so quiet. Because <laughs> I actually wake up singing. You know, I'm one of those people that would really annoy you. I mean, you want to pray that I'm not your neighbor in heaven. Because, because if I'm your neighbor in heaven, I tell you, you're going to wake up. Well, you'll be waking up singing anyway, won't you? Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I live in a loud neighborhood. <laughs> Praise God. Wonderful. But the wisdom, the wisdom of God flowing through Paul, he's precise. He uses examples that would resonate so much with these people in the context and the time in which they are living. The readers were gripped by the relevancy of this letter, and it is still as relevant today. Hallelujah. You know, Asia was known as the bank, uh, sorry, Ephesus was known as the bank of Asia because it was absolute, it was a wealthy city. There was uh, artifacts and riches that were worth millions uh, also there was a false a god temple in there to diana and the, it was full of things that were 
so priceless. And so you understand when Paul writes into that place, they know what it is to be wealthy. They know what it is to have much. And yet he's able to say to the saints, you have become wealthy in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not talking about money, money here now. We're not talking about how big your bank balance is. We're talking about the riches of God in Christ Jesus in our lives. And it's into that culture and that culture of darkness that Paul writes to the saints saying that God has made you rich. I love the fact that he calls them saints, don't you? Saints. To the saints at Moira Pentecostal Church in 2019. What made them saints? Not because they had uh, died and uh, their life had been checked out to see whether it was holy and pure or whether they'd performed two miracles because that was what you had to do to be saint sanctified. No. One simple thing made them a saint before God. Hallelujah. They made a decision. They made a decision yes, to receive Christ and they became saints of God. Hallelujah. We're the saints of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? We're the saints. Oh, when the saints go marching in, glory to God. That's it. We're going to be in that number when the saints go marching in. We're the saints of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, wow, you're a saint of God. Amen. And so then the purpose, again, reminding you the purpose of this letter, it is in Christ you have become rich. Paul wants them to know the blessings in Christ that have come to them and that they come to complete maturity and unity. Now, friends, with every message, application is the key. Amen? Because someone could preach a great sermon, but unless we take it and we apply it, then what has happened? So I want to just present to you the ABC of application. Application begins with the revelation of it. Amen? Application. You will never apply the Word of God without some reamer application in your life. Amen? And you know what a reamer application moment is? You've been reading this chapter for years. And then one morning, you read it, and the illumination of the Spirit comes over your mind. You think, wow! Woo. I, I saw something i never seen before, and it just gripped me in my spirit. And suddenly, it's an impartation moment. And that spirit comes alive in you, and the word is applied to your life. Hallelujah. Application. Beyond the head, right into the heart. A dawning moment. I see it. I've got it. And then... Belief in the truth, application, belief in the truth, that it is personally received. There must be an actual change, hallelujah. There's no point in just knowing the detail. There must be a life-changing moment, amen, when it happens. And the changing is your thinking, it's in your heart, it's in your character, and it's in your ways, hallelujah. Isn't that lovely? In your mind, in your heart, in your character, and in your ways. And then it's conceived in your life. Amen? This is how the Word works. It's conceived in us by the Holy Spirit. How is the Word conceived in your life? By gaining the knowledge and understanding of God. 
And you know, I find the way, the, one of the most wonderful ways, the simplicity of, of, of accepting the truth and the word into your life. What I begin to do is when I've read something and it's illuminated to my spirit, I just begin to thank God for it. I begin to thank God that he's already given it to me. I begin to thank God that I've already received it. Hallelujah. And I begin to say, Lord, enable me to live in the light of this now. Enable me to apply the truth of your word that my life might be transformed by it. So I've received it by faith in the name of of Jesus. Amen? And then that thanking of God for it, the receiving of faith, the acknowledgement that it's truth from God, the receiving of it as an absolute truth. Hallelujah. You know, I just, looking at the word in these days, I'm finding that the absolute truths of God's word are just jumping out of the page from me. I've got real problems with liberal theologians. I'm sure you have as well. They bore me to death. My goodness. Where they're trying to undermine the truth. But we know that there are absolute truths in the scripture that are just non-negotiable. You know, these things cannot be changed. They are fact. They are eternal, absolute truths. So we'll never be united by compromising those things we stand our ground in faith full of grace and we believe that God will move in the body to bring unity of the spirit and you know we have one faith we have one Lord we have one baptism one father and God will bring that unity about but it will not be because of compromise we believe in the absolute truth of God an absolute truth of God is the fact that we know that he came in the flesh an absolute truth of God is that we know that he died upon the cross an absolute truth of God God is we know that on the third day he rose from the dead. And the absolute truth of God is we know that one day he will return in power and glory. There is no room for maneuver on any of these areas of absolute truth. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, we believe the word. Yes. So, Pastor Paul, how can you be so open to unity? How can you be so open to the, the joining and the, and the coming together in the body of Jesus? I want to tell you, because it's going to be a miraculous unity. It's not going to be caused by us reaching agreement on everything. It's going to be because of the unity of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Only God can unite the body. As far as he, can, as far as he is concerned, he looks over the body of Jesus and he's on earth and he sees one church. Hallelujah. He sees one church. He doesn't see a, dis, a fragment body of people over here and people over there not getting on with each other he sees one body all who are born again all filled with the spirit we are one in Christ hallelujah we are one in Christ turn to your neighbor and say I've got no choice you and me are one in Christ <laughs> so I love these absolute truths that God has given thank God for the result in your life begin to live in the light of its truth put into practice any command or direction he declares hallelujah turn to your neighbor and say that's his introduction <laughs> <laughs> suddenly few people were looking at their watch <laughs> glory to God yes so seriously, <laughs> I'm coming to the main body of the message. <laughs> Paul actually writes about your spiritual position and your physical position. He writes about your spiritual position and your physical position. Because the moment you came to Christ, there was a, a shift. An eternal change took place in you and upon you.
And that spiritual and physical position for us in Christ, we live in both realms. We live in both spheres. The physical position for the believer is the fact that we are still in the body. Are you breathing? You're in the body. <laughs> but your spiritual position is that you're in Christ. Hallelujah. That's the ark of God. That's the ark of God's salvation. You are in Christ. It's changed. And so spiritual position in Christ. And then the effect of being in Christ on your physical position means that now we live in the world, but we are in Christ. We live differently. And so Paul writes about our spiritual blessings in Christ, which affect the spiritual position and the physical position. How you operate in life has been totally changed. If it hasn't changed, there's a problem. If there's been no real life change, there's a spiritual issue. If we are born again by the Spirit of God, the evidence is seen in the fact that we live a brand new life. Hallelujah. We live a brand new life. The life I once lived, I no longer live. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, how transformed is your life? <laughs> Amen. 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 So Paul writes about our spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. If we come to the passage of Scripture now, let me just read some more verses from verse 3. Is this doing you good or shall I shut up? <laughs> I shouldn't have asked that question. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he free, has freely given us in the one he loves. We have this impression when we read these letters that Paul was maybe sitting at a desk with a, a feather in his hand, a quill, and his writing as is inspired by the Spirit. I want to tell you that's not how it was. We are confident that Paul was in a room with a scribe, and he was so filled with the power of the Spirit of God that he began to speak. And so this is the spoken word, and we've got a hard copy. So it was flood, flooding out, flooding out. So it's hard to break it down into chapters and sections. That's, we've done that. But when it was original, it was just one, you could almost call it a hymn and a song of praise. He was absolutely full of awe and the wonder of God, fascinated with the fact that God had chosen him and taken him from being a persecutor, one who would, who would have been happy to condemn the Christians to one who is now pouring out the word of God through his mouth. I think the scribe just couldn't keep up with him, I tell you. He needed more modern technology, but nevertheless, the Holy Ghost means we've got a hard copy. Amen. We've got a hard copy. So he's filled 
filled with wonder and amazement that God chose him and blessed him with the blessings that only heaven can give. And his mind runs away, runs from one gift to the next gift and on and on and works through this amazing passage of Scripture. Really, in all honesty, Paul was overwhelmed by the Spirit as he poured out the Word. Amen? And the Bible says that being fascinated with the fact that he'd been chosen reminds us of John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. He's taken up with the blessings which originate in heaven through the finished work of God. How could God give so generously? And yet he has incredible generosity of God given to men and women as gifts. He's beside himself. <laughs> He's absolutely beside himself. Paul is then taken up with the intent of God's choice. God chose us to be holy and blameless. Amen. Holy and blameless through his word. Holiness always presents the idea of separation and being different. God is unique, and when he comes, he creates in us his uniqueness of holiness and separation unto God. Amen? And then we are a people who are called to be separate but have to be effective in the world. And so God doesn't take a person out of the world. Instead, he empowers them to be different in the world. Amen. And then there's another word here, this word blameless. I could give you the, the big posh Greek words and all that, but I won't bother. I'll just tell you what it means. And this word blameless here, it was really picked from the Jewish system where the lamb that was about to be slaughtered, a sacrifice, was brought in and inspected by the priest to ensure that there was no problem, that it was a perfect lamb ready for the slaughter. And that's the image of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's the image of Jesus. He's the perfect Lamb of God. Absolutely sinless. Blameless and holy. And he takes away my sin and your sin. Holiness and blameless before God. The beautiful song we used to sing years ago before the songs became very modern. You used to be able to follow those songs and know where they were going. But now you don't know where they're going. There's sort of a bit on the front, then another bit, and then a bit over here, and a bridge, and another chorus, and then we go back and we do it again. But you knew where this one was going. Now when he looks at me, he sees not what I used to be, but he sees Jesus. By the way, I love all the songs. Amen. So, God looking at us, sees us covered by the blood, clothed by the holiness of Christ, and accepted by the grace of God. And then Paul talks about our adoption. He gives us full inheritance rights as sons. Come with me back to this wonderful passage of Scripture. And let me read some more verses. Verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth, the spiritual and the physical realms again there, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Hallelujah. Isn't this word redemption a beautiful word? Can I hear it on your lips? Can you say the word redemption with me? Let me hear it a bit louder. Redemption. Redemption. It's a beautiful word. Beautiful word. It comes from the, the verb lutron, which means ransom or deliverance. Every one of us was a prisoner to sin and a prisoner in sin. But because of the redeeming work of Jesus, we've been loosed and set free to be called a son and heir of the most high God. Isn't this gospel amazing? You know, sometimes I find myself sitting with the Lord and the Word, and just reading a verse like that is enough just to, to stir your spirit and move you into worshiping an expression of love. What we were powerless to do anything about, God did in Christ through his blood. Hallelujah. God did in Christ through his blood. And in Christ we receive the riches of God's grace. The undeserved favor of God. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing. I want to remind you this weekend that you are the blessed of God. I want to remind you this weekend that the grace of God is upon you and all over you. I want to remind you this weekend that you've been redeemed by the blood of the perfect Lamb of God. I've come to remind you this weekend weekend that God has marked you with a seal as belonging to him. I've come to remind you this weekend that you do not deserve the favor of God, but by faith and through his grace, you've received the favor of God. The favor of God is upon you. Don't believe the lie of the devil. Don't hear any word of doubt in your spirit and your heart and mind. My friend, the favor of God has come to you and is resting upon you and is resting over you. He, when God looks at you he does not see what you used to be but he sees Jesus hallelujah yeah. hallelujah let that victory come alive in your spirit again. Let the, the joy of knowing that come alive in you. Where there's been uh, the joy robbed from you, just let it rise up over this weekend so that there's going to be a crescendo of praise in Moira Pentecostal Church on this 40th anniversary like we've never known before. Hallelujah. It can happen. There can be a move of the Holy Ghost. There can be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. The glory of God can come come upon you like you've never witnessed and never known. Why? Because the favor of God is upon you. Hallelujah. 40 years, the favor of God is upon you. Turn to your neighbor and say, the favor of the Lord is upon you. Hallelujah. We've received it, not by works, but by grace. Hallelujah. I sometimes have to stop you almost have to pinch yourself, don't you? To realize that you've been forgiven. Hallelujah. Wonderful to know that you're forgiven, you know. To live life knowing you are forgiven. Freeze up your heart and mind. Freeze up your spirit. I remember Pastor Jim Dick once saying to me when he was in my church, before I went to London, he, he came to me, he said, Paul, he says, how do you sleep? I said, like a baby. <laughs> I put my head on the pillar and I'm gone. 
And he said to me, that's a clear conscience. <laughs> Glory to God. But actually, it's true, isn't it? Absolutely true. If we're really resting in Christ, if we're resting in Christ, then we will go to sleep easy. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to sleep like a baby tonight. <laughs> But you will wake up in the morning in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Glory. You know, there's something fascinating in this passage of Scripture. Because of the forgiveness of sin, we're aware of sin. And we're living in a generation that has ceased to be aware of sin. And the Bible says that when someone ceases to be aware of sin they have reached a position where their mind has become seared. I was listening to the news just a few weeks ago, and I heard a young lady talking, a young lady, probably about 18, 19. She said, well, of course, of this generation, you know, we're now really free. We can do what we want. And I thought, yeah, that's because there's no consciousness of sin. Because if you lose the consciousness of sin, you are free in your heart and mind just to persist in it. And you go further and further and deeper and deeper into the pit of that chain. It'll hold you and grip you. But when we are in Christ, the knowledge of God also means we know what sin is. Sin still separates, but thanks be to God for his grace and his mercy, the riches of grace. It says the mystery has been made known. It says his grace, his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding has been lavished upon you. Hallelujah. We're not talking about the wisdom of men here. We're not talking about that Sophia, the wisdom of man. We're not talking about human knowledge or human intellect. We're talking about spiritual understanding here. So the wisdom of God has been made known to you. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you're that wise, wise up. <laughs> because there's some things, there's some things that the enemy would seek to ensnare us with. He knows how to trap us. He knows our weaknesses. He knows where we would easily fail. And then we need the wisdom of God in the generation and the time that we are living in. Truth is, we need the wisdom of God to live in the eternal purpose of God and his understanding that we might know how to apply the word of God in everyday life. You know, my friend, there's a set time when all that God has purposed will come into place in heaven and on earth, in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. Again, referencing those things, all will be brought under the headship of Christ. Amen. There was an arrogance in the people at the time that Paul wrote this letter. Do you know why? Because of Greek philosophy and human wisdom. They would say they were the learned generation. We have progressed beyond any other generation before. We understand about the divine. But actually, they were just totally confused. Multi-faith, multi-God. Does it remind you of any generation? Reminds me of our generation. But their philosophies are empty. 
and they've no knowledge and no understanding. Why do I say this? I want to help you to understand just how blessed you are by knowing Christ, who is the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. He will instruct you. He will lead you. He will make known to you. He will make plain to you the highest and the deepest things of God. He will... He takes us and he enables us to have an understanding at a level that our normal human intellect couldn't cope with or take us to. I'm a fine example of that because when I was at school, I was a thicky. You say, Pastor, are you sure? Yeah, you've heard my story. I couldn't even read at the age of 13. I spent more time outside of school than inside school because it was a very violent place where I was. And as a gentle man, I couldn't handle it. But God took hold of my life. And at the age of 13, while still in that condition, I was preaching and teaching in the open air, and in churches, leading groups. God took hold of me and he taught me how to read. I learned to read from this book. It's the only book that was able to teach me how to read and have understanding and knowledge. But I am fascinated by how God has trained and equipped me with sight to see. When I look at the pages and the words, it, it just cries out truth to my inner being. I see it with understanding beyond my own knowledge because I don't have a degree, but I have a spirit level. <laughs> Hallelujah. I tell you, give me a spirit level any time over a degree. A degree makes you a fathead. But a spirit level puts you at the feet of Jesus and makes you totally dependent on him and him alone. The last thing we need is a lot of fatheads. That's what Paul was addressing. Because the people have become arrogant, thinking they knew more than God himself. He blows it out of the water when he says the only way to know the divine is to know Christ. The only way to know any wisdom is to know Christ. Outside of that, the wisdom of man is foolishness in the sight of God. He wrote that in Corinthians. But you're different because the Bible says when you came into him, something happened in your mind and something happened in your heart. There was a transformation. Your mind renewed by the word 
you have the mind of Christ. To be able to understand even the hidden deep mysteries of Christ. You'll see it. I'm going to pray over this weekend that something will happen in your spiritual sight so you'll see like you've never seen before and understand. Not because of me, but because of the impartation of the Holy Ghost, the revelation of God. What's the time? Five to nine. I reckon I can be finished by nine o'clock. <laughs> the last few verses verse 11 in him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory and verse 13 speaks of you and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You know, the enemy will always try to put religious trappings back on you. When you read this, there is liberty, freedom, joy, fullness by being in Christ because you're included. The world is striving constantly for inclusion. The only real inclusion that will ever be is when we're all in Christ. Hallelujah. One in Christ. In him we were chosen. Now, that does not mean that God said, well, I'll have that one, but I'm not having that one. That's not the nature of God. God foreknew the moment you would come to Christ, and therefore he predestined and set it in place that it would be. And he marked you as belonging to God. And you can be confident that even in this world of uncertainty and Brexit and Boris Johnson, In all this mess, God is still in total control. Amen. And he has been working behind the scenes ever since creation began. Yeah. And in his time, all things will conform to his purpose and his will. He's not stopped and he's not changed. And so you were included when you heard the word of truth. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit in you, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. The other day was the anniversary of my mum's death. And I went to see my sister and my brothers, Miriam and I, and I purposely went not only because it was the anniversary of my mum's first passing into glory, and we were celebrating, by the way. Hallelujah. We were celebrating. 
but it was also the fact that she passed on my sister's birthday. My little sister. I love her so much. And uh, so we stood at the graveside and I gripped onto her and she gripped onto me. And I said, you know, sweetheart, from now on, this day is not only going to be your birthday, but it's also going to be a day of great rejoicing for the whole family. Because we haven't lost our mum. We know exactly where she is. She was a carrier of the Holy Ghost and the glory. She was in Christ. And her day of redemption came. Now we know exactly where she is. And one day we'll be with her before the throne of glory. Hallelujah. And we were able to weep together and laugh together, rejoice together. Hallelujah. And I'm praying that over this weekend, as we journey into deeper places, as God unveils, reveals his word and causes ignition of the spirit in us, and the rema comes to you, where there's a, a moment of revelation and transformation, I'm praying that that seed implanted in your heart and mind will position you in a new place. A new place. We marked that day and we said we position our hearts and minds in a new place as a step of faith. I'm praying, Lord, let this weekend be marked by every one of us stepping into a new place with Christ that we might understand to a greater degree the hidden mysteries of God. Chosen, filled, baptized, living the life, applying the word, and fulfilling everything God has called you to do. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. <coughs> Hallelujah. Holy and worthy is your name. Wonderful Jesus. Mighty God. Wonderful Savior. Mighty God. You're awesome. My Lord and my Savior. You're awesome, Lord. My Savior. My Hallelujah. Maybe just where you are, you could just lay open your hands. Hallelujah. Some people say, well, I'm not doing that because you told me to do it. That's just rebellion. This is receptivity. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Shall we pray out loud together? I'll say some words before the Lord and we can repeat them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I present my life to you. I present my future to you. And I ask in Jesus' name that you would equip me with greater wisdom and greater understanding. I thank you for the grace of God, for the mercy of God. I thank you that you've redeemed me. You've chosen me. You've separated me to yourself. You've declared me holy and blameless before you. You chose me. 
in Christ before the foundation of the world. And you've marked me with the seal of the Holy Spirit, guaranteeing my redemption. And now, Lord, as we come through this weekend, let me know a fresh touch in my life on, in my inner being, my heart and mind. Let me know a fresh touch of your fire, of your spirit, of your joy, of your peace. Equip me, train me, and send me to complete the call of God. Now, Father, we dedicate this weekend into your hands. Thank you for the ministry of this church. Take it up, lift it up even higher. Give it years of effectiveness, greater influence in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, as I leave this place, I know I'm going to sleep like a baby. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.